Hello, you are listening to Full Time with Meg Linehan. This is a show about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network, and I am your host, Meg Linehan. Well, it has certainly been a week since the last time I recorded one of these between watching the election results and now the expansion draft. Today, the NWSL trade window opened at 9 a.m. We are recording this week's show on Friday morning. Steph Young of All for 11 is back to break down the results of the draft, what made sense and what did not on today's show. I will be back to my normal Thursday schedule next week. I'm going to forego the usual news rundown in its usual form just because obviously the big news is the expansion draft. The results are all online whether that's uh, in last night's Q&A on the athletic site, at the NWSL site, any number of places you can find the full list. Um, One thing that I did want to point out to you before I get to the rest of the show, though, is if there's one game that you're going to watch this weekend, it should be the Manchester Derby um, for the Women's Super League, Manchester United with Kristen Press and Tobin Heath. You will hear a lot about them in this show against Rose Lavelle and Sam Mewis from Manchester City. The game is live on NBC Sports tomorrow morning. Uh, That's 7.30 a.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports, but should be a good one. Obviously, a lot of storylines on this, but the uh, double Americans on both sides obviously make it pretty interesting on the side of the pond. All right, so Steph Young of All for 11 is back. We are going to attempt to make sense of this expansion draft, which in some ways tried to defy making sense. Um, But you know what? We're going to do it. Here's the problem with expansion drafts is we might not necessarily know how a lot of these things are going to play out for a while. So this is our honest assessment, 9.30 in the morning on Friday after the expansion draft. Um, I think our our reactions might have been even different last night versus this morning. And as the trade window opens and some of these conversations might finally start to play out with actual moves, then maybe we will see if our opinions get revised. So here is Steph. So it is 9.30-ish, the morning after the draft. Um... First of all, I want to start with technically now the trade window is open. And honestly, I am monitoring trades as we sit here. But I want to talk about the actual draft itself. I want to start with the vibe of the draft. I mean, I still have the question of why this needed to be in person, but also the pace. Like the first three picks happened in like, what, three minutes? And I think even Marissa Pilla and Lori Lindsay were like, oh, we're going again? We're going again? Like I didn't even get my TV talking time in. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I appreciate that they put some effort into the production value. Um, They clearly spent a little bit of money on this. Uh, I hope Lori Lindsay and Marissa Pilla got paid for this, especially if they had to travel to Louisville, but clearly they were all just waiting to stand up, walk to the podium, say the name, and then they were like, all right, and they're going to give us the factoid. Stand up, walk to the podium, say the name. <laughs> factoid. And I, I just didn't feel good every time I heard whoever had that dry cough heave in yeah. the background on cue every five minutes. Yeah, not... Again, like I get it. Also, you know, new stadium, Louisville wants to show it off, all that kind of stuff. But also just like things are not trending in the right direction in this country. So we could probably have done that virtually in some capacity. I think the other big thing, and this was a a big question I got last night, but 
a lot of questions about if players know right in advance and and the folks from Louisville told me every single player knew going into this draft. So like, again, there's not a lot of suspense, right? Because there's no additional action of like protecting a player mid draft. So they walked into that room just having a name of 14 players and probably could have just gone our 14 picks are. Yeah. Here's one through 14. So like the vibe of it was interesting. For something that could have taken 30 seconds, they stretched it into nearly an hour. And you know what? They certainly got the chatter that they wanted on social media. So I guess I'm Bobo the Fool. <laughs> okay. You yeah. um, know. So the last, we'll, we'll go through most of these picks, but the last two picks were obviously, you know, we could have had 16 picks in this draft. Instead, we had 14 because two U.S. allocated players Technically, their rights were selected in Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. Um, I I caught wind of this like a couple of minutes before it actually happened, which I think was helpful just for my own processing of the decision that was made. Having now slept on it for a night, where what's your take on the risk of picking Press and Heath? I think that I I don't know I really hope that that was some kind of interference from above decision like hey we need some big bases and like to start us off with a splash um and they were like and bonus they'll probably have some trade value in the future we hope like we're just hoping that some rich team owned by an Oscar winning actress is gonna want <laughs> just magically appear out of thin air. These fancy players who like LA and want to be there. So that's I, I really hope it was ownership interference because on, on field value, yeah, it's pretty high. But are they gonna come? I think they like being in Man- at Manchester United, and I think they like not being in a country with like ten million active cases of COVID. That looks like a hot mess for the foreseeable future. It's the same thing with the Australians, which I know we're going to get to in a bit. I don't know if I like the pick in terms of like the metagame here. Yeah. So here's, here's what I can share with the rest of the class. Now until yesterday, Louisville was picking French. Like I've heard this from multiple directions. They changed their minds yesterday and opted for Heath instead. So that's factor number one, I think. Factor number two, yes, is I guess the question becomes, in theory, their rights are worth more than $75,000, right? Like that's what you're banking on is that you had a guaranteed $150,000 in allocation money now, or you pick up rights that are potentially more valuable. I mean, you look at the trade for Crystal Dunn, right? And how much allocation money and and other assets were involved in that and you think okay well Kristen Press and Tobin Heath the challenge is obviously they are currently in Manchester does not help (laughs) you have the Olympics at most they play six seven games after the Olympics in this league right by the end of next year like if they come back after the Olympics right but you are banking on Angel City, in theory, right? Like, let's just call it what it is. You are banking on Angel City 
being willing to pay for both at the same time and have it make sense for them. And I just, that's where, and maybe I'm just more risk averse than than what happened at this expansion draft last night. But like, I just don't, in my head, and, and based on the discussions that I've had with folks around the league between last night and this morning, like, not a lot of people seem to to think this necessarily makes sense and that it is just a gamble that the trade market is going to happen or that they can convince Press and Heath to come play in right. their new stadium, the new facilities, the new training center. Like, I get the appeal of being there, but I just... Right. I mean, general consensus is like it's kind of a, a very low percentage that they are going to end up actually playing in Kentucky, really. I mean, when you know that they were going to take French, which would have been absolutely a great goalkeeper pick, and it would have played into the, oh, they're really aiming to be competitive out of the gate here, which we saw with some early picks, and then we were progressively like, what? <laughs> <laughs> An arrested development like her? <laughs> um that cascades into, okay, then they chose Betos and Lund, both of which are like, if you're building something for the future here, uh, okay, maybe Lund, although I don't think the spirit even particularly, not to be super mean, but I, I'm not sure they rate her as... I mean, she's third string goalkeeper yeah, behind Bledsoe. High, yeah. Highly enough to be taken in an expansion draft. It's like, it's like, it's free players. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um, but so you're go- and then you're going to take Beto's, which is not to me a signal of someone who's looking to build, like working on a project. Beto's kind of peaked, and now she she can't like distribute the ball past thirty or forty yards. Um, she's struggled a lot with injury recently. She's not somebody you can build a steady foundation on for the next two or three years, unless she gets a, like really yeah. healthy again, which touch wood, maybe she will. I would yeah. love it for any player to like get healthy and stay healthy, particularly Betos. I mean, Betos is a lovely human being, yeah. I will say. But like also, I, mean, I think the Betos picks make sense if you are also picking French or Bixby slash Eckerstrom out of Portland, because Betos, I think, is also like a good leadership voice for a team right like and also i mean we've seen what she has done with casey murphy for the rain right like i think that she is a good goalkeeper to have in your goalkeeper pool in terms of like that voice right like that's not necessarily a bad pick she's probably a good training buddy yeah yeah exactly but you have to make it in the same (laughs) draft as a a goalkeeper who can start in this league and granted like no one's going to get the start over Bledsoe in in Washington, but and and we're going to get into Portland, I think, a lot more. But Portland, I think, has to be extremely, extremely happy that they walked away with basically their entire team intact instead of, mm-hmm. you know, French is one thing. Again, like I, I went into this expansion draft thinking you take the money and you walk away with Eckerstrom and Gabby Sealer and you immediately have two players day one who make your team better, who can win you games. I mean, let's look at the available players that Portland could have given up. There's also, um, let's have a look. Salem. Salem is, she's older, but she's a good solid midfield piece. If we're talking about 
you know, locker room leadership. Um, I think Bure, that's maybe an option that you can take there. She's a little bit more of a depth piece, but you're absolutely right in the Eckerstrom piece of that. They they definitely had some players here that they just got yeah. left on the table, and Mark Parsons yeah. is probably like, <laughs> um, you know, he was yeah. popping in nice cold seltzer last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, it is, you know, it's really hard to judge expansion drafts or any you know college drafts too, right? And all of the moves, there are still going to be moves that happen following this draft that are going to put some of these decisions into better context, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, so it is, this is like the nine, you know, 30 AM reaction <laughs> to the expansion draft and not necessarily the starting day one of the league, because like there's so much time for stuff to happen between now and when the season actually starts, that is yeah. most likely going to change the way that we look at some of these picks. Right. But Press and Heath are, I do think, a decision that is going to take a long time to pay off. As I was telling, I, I did hop into the Rebellion 99 chat on a whim last night after the expansion draft ended, and I was just like, Angel City needs a coach or at least a GM before they start making moves for players. So like, I would not think that this is going to be something that these conversations are even happening. Like, There is no trade yet. And there's certainly not a trade at 9 a.m. the day that the trade window opens for Press and Heath to magically end up in L.A. Like, that is a long play. Right. And the we're making half an assumption here, which is that, okay, they're going to want to go to L.A., but is L.A. going to want them? After that's, that's part of it. Like, they're both going to be 33 by that time. Heath is going to be pushing close to 34, I think. Um so, and then they're not going to have been in a consistent club environment for a, a while there because of the Olympic year. And <laughs> LA is maybe one of the few teams that can afford to be like, yeah, we don't particularly need like a big superstar face. I think you'll find that our superstar was in Black Swan. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that, but also... I mean, I guess the question, too, is that we're working with the assumption that they're going to move as a pair, right? Which right. is, is I think, a decent working assumption. But, you know, I also think that we are underrating maybe Tobin's appreciation of Portland as well. She has been there since 2013. Like, that is her club. Um, I think the the real part of this when it comes to Angel City is, like, you know, press to Angel City, but the question is also like, is that what would Tobin actually prefer to stay in Portland, right? And now her rights are with like, there might be a, a additional layers to this that we're not even necessarily seeing yet. So it, it it's just again like there are no guarantees to this strategy. You also see Tobin Heath retiring after the next Olympics. Um, how old is she going to be in 2023? And she does seem like the kind of player who wants to play until her wheels fall off. Um, until she doesn't have ankles. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And maybe she could be like a, a good midfield piece still in 2023 when she's going to be 
It's only it's another two years to count. It's only two more years to count. I already figured out how old she was going to be in 21. So why is 23 such an issue? It's like, like 30, 35, 36. Yeah. In that, yeah. in that like Carly Lloyd range. Yes. Yeah. So, um, she, you know, she won her last world cup if they do well in the Olympics and it's a weird, weird year for the Olympics too. So a lot of them might've already done whatever mental headwork they need to kind of start moving on. Cause they were, some of them might've been ready to move on after 2020 and they're like, Oh, I gotta make this, I gotta stretch this out another year. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I was supposed to be in, in fire Island or whatever by now. <laughs> I don't know where they go to vacation. <laughs> All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's talk about the stuff that did make sense. Um, number one overall pick, Addison Merrick from North Carolina, I thought. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. North Carolina had some gems for them to pick through and they picked some of the best ones. I thought Millet was definitely going to be like when she even got drafted, we were like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's a Riley player and she's going to fit to the Riley system. Um, I do think the question now is the danger with North Carolina is you you've picked Riley players. Are they going <laughs> to be Christy Holly players? Yeah. Cause I don't really see those two as the same kind of coach with the right. same kind of system. Right. I will say, having looked at all of the press releases that were issued last night about picks and and people moving, Paul Riley definitely gives the most effusive quotes (laughs) out of any head coach in this league in terms of like, you know, the one out of Utah about Kristen Press was just like, we wanted to focus on players who would actually be here in 2021, right? Like very like matter of fact, but in North Carolina, it was just like, you know, Addison Merrick is amazing and she's going to do amazing things. Like, it was just, I, I was like, all right, Paul, like, yeah, this is very nice of you. Like, you are really being like, she's going to be great in these specific ways with a new team. Like, it just was a very nice, like, the expansion draft tends to feel like one of these things that is not necessarily fully cognizant of the fact that these are human beings in play, yeah. right? And it was good that, you know, every single player knew ahead of time that they were being selected. Like, I feel like that is slightly better than than what we have seen in the past. Um, you know, I still think that probably the worst draft that anyone has ever gone through in this league was the dispersal draft for the Boston Breakers. Um, so, like, we can only go up from there. But yeah, I think it is nice to to kind of remember that these are both players but humans that are are going on a new journey now and... Um, so having actually some of the humanity come through on these quotes is always nice. I was talking to Lynn Williams the other day and asking her from a player perspective about the draft. And she was like, it's so weird 
Because <laughs> in what other profession, what other workplace, like, can you imagine you walk in and like you're going to your cubicle and the boss is like, all right, half of you get over here against the wall. The other half of you go back to work. <laughs> you against the wall? <laughs> like, some other, we've made you available to other companies that you didn't, you know, say anything about. Sign up to work for it. Yeah. And two of you are going to be gone by the end of the day. And then yeah. the America's Next Top Model fade out music plays. I mean, I mean we look at, so let's, let's look at the midfield now. It's Cujo, Alana Kennedy, Molay, Caitlin Ford, Tobin Heath, Yuki Nagasato, and Savannah McCaskill. That is a varied midfield. This players of varying styles. And players of varying Ford. ability to show yeah. up. I mean, if you want to talk about the Australians, maybe we yeah. can talk about them now. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's... I mean, I do want to come back to Jennifer Cujo, but we can talk more about trying to figure out what Sky Blue is doing. Let's talk about the Australians, Alana Kennedy and Caitlin Ford, um, both being picked from mm-hmm. the Pride, which honestly, so here's why I both I both think it's a good call and a weird call, right? Right. Slim pickings in Orlando, honestly. Right. So like... Yeah. Why not maybe make a long play and see if you can get someone or I think especially in Caitlin Ford's um, point, like we don't know how long her um, contract is with Arsenal because Arsenal does not really like to advertise any of this kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Alana Kennedy is on loan to Spurs with the option to make it permanent. So there is that factor. Um, But there might be some value in those rights. Like, here's the thing. It makes sense to do this move with Kennedy and Ford if you're not also doing the press and Heath thing. That's my big thing is like, it does make sense in a certain context. Okay. Um, But I also don't think it is very likely that we are going to see either of these Australian players in Kentucky for this team either. So my... Any any player who's overseas right now and has the option to come back to the United States before like 2021, like stay out, stay away, <laughs> stay where you are, don't come back here. It's like that uh, that image from The Walking Dead where you have that door spray painted with like dead inside, don't open. <laughs> Although the way it, it was arranged was like dead, don't inside open. Anyway, the point being like, don't come in here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the I the Australians they didn't just leave the U.S. like because of things were weird this year. They're already moving in mass to England because the NWSL schedule was so brutal for them, and it was impacting their fitness for international competition. Mm-hmm. So what's going to make Kennedy and Ford, by all you know signs, still two integral pieces for the Matildas? I if I were the FFA, I'd be sending them an email being like, look, we can't like exactly tell you what to do, yeah. but we're telling you what to do. Yeah, I mean, I really the Australians do like to move as a pack, but the England calendar makes way more sense for them. Yeah. Right. And I think also having so many of them in the same spot makes it so much easier for the FFA. Like if they were to have, you know, like the U S women's national team is considering having this November camp in the Netherlands, right. And being Mm -hmm. able to pull the, the Europe players over, like you have everyone from Australia really already in 
Europe to some extent, like it's going to make it so much easier for you to have European based camps or games or or any of that kind of stuff compared to the US. So that said, though, like I do think that there is some value in terms of like Louisville looking at their rights and saying, would someone else want to sit on Caitlin Ford's rights? Right. Who has maybe a better shot? Mm -hmm. And can we essentially like play middleman on flipping them again? It's just like it's a lot of extra work, I think. Yeah. I yeah, I don't When you put it that way, it's like, does Louisville really want to be playing games like this when maybe they would be better served strictly focusing on the their roster although maybe this is the only way they can get what they they really want and they gamed it out i mean it's not like they were doing anything else during quarantine right (laughs) yeah except picking up a dry cough to heave (laughs) in a room with other people i'm sorry i'm fixated on it anyway let's talk about sky blue because I think everybody looked at sky blue and said i don't know what the hell they're doing before this expansion draft right kujo goes Real goes. Um, I was expecting Flores. I think I, I now, based on some of the conversations that are happening around what is potentially happening now that this trade window is open, I suspect there may have been a handshake deal between Sky Blue and Louisville, in to some extent. It in in what way? In that, so you know, we've seen a lot of. We've seen this happen before in the expansion draft, if if we remember the curious case of Monashim, um, where it was Houston, right? Houston picked Monashim, and then it turned into this whole saga of Portland eventually getting her back. Right. I think that there is maybe something in the works between the two teams that potentially involves Cujo's return to Sky Blue. I think so I've been I've been told that there were some handshake deals in place last night. But the problem with these is that we're not going to see them pay off until now trade window is open but some of the stuff actually has to follow through. Mm-hmm. But since we cannot fully evaluate this is the joy of the expansion draft. Does it look like for me I did not think it was clear that there was some sort of strategy going in. And I think until we see this other half of if there is even a trade, right? Like Cujo could just be going to Kentucky and we we don't know. But assuming assuming this sticks as is, those two those two picks end up going to play for Louisville. What do you make of how Sky Blue approached this expansion draft? Okay. Okay, assuming there's no deeper context here and they just left Cujo unprotected either because they galaxy-brained it and thought Louisville was not going to take her because... International slot, maybe. Yeah, something something like, international slot used on something else and maybe they're like, you know, looking at the state of the country and, and being like, how easy is it going to be to get people like player visas or green cards or residency work visas or whatever? Mm, let's not bet on that. So I don't know. Uh, surface level, I'm still completely bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. Like just emotionally bamboozled. It, Cujo being left unprotected, honestly, 
prevented me from processing about 90% of the rest of what happened in the draft. And I know that's because I have emotional ties to Sky Blue now, which shame on me. Shame on me. <laughs> you learned nothing from the Boston Breakers. I've, I've learned nothing. I'm just like, <laughs> let me get out the clown makeup again. You know, why do I, why did I bother getting attached to anything? Why, you know, why did I bother loving anything, especially in 2020? Didn't you also just get like a Yuki Nagasato jersey from the Chicago? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) It's like everything I love just just leaves me. God, got got very grim, very fast. All right, back to Cujo. (laughs) Back to Cujo. And just like that's the reason why, like. I just feel like there had to be some sort of strategy here that we do not have the full picture on because from pure, like, look at the unprotected protected list and seeing Jennifer Cujo on that, but also Amanda McGlynn protected, right? Like, I also, I don't think McCall Zerboni needed to be protected, right? Like, I just, there had to be a strategy. Another team has said, like, "Mm, they were playing a, a high risk approach. But that, to me, also suggests that there is some sort of conversation happening behind the scenes between these two teams of, you know, and I think Christy Holly might have mentioned this in her, his media availability of, like, you know, the, the players that are left unprotected, like, basically teams have to say, like, what they'll give us if we don't pick them or whatever. You know, like, he was just basically, like, there are some surprises in this expansion draft, Um in the conversations I'm having, like teams need to, to basically offer me something for me to not take them. I mean, do you want to game out like a Monashim scenario for Jennifer Cujo here? I don't, I don't even know if we can. Okay. So let's say Christy Holly, who he's like, all right, my old pals at sky blue FC, I'm not even going to attempt the the accent, but my old pals at sky blue FC, um, you know, are going to be more receptive to a handshake deal here and they'll trust it. I'll keep my word on this. Um, so I tell them I'll take Jennifer Cujo, but eventually I'll trade her back for what could they want more? Like, do they need more allocation money? Do they need more international slots? Um, like what can Sky Blue offer them that, you know, Louisville would value more than Cujo that they can't get in the expansion draft? Yeah. I mean, I guess that the question becomes who's on the protected list that could potentially be in the mix for a trade right like look Mm -hmm. at how chicago played this out right like would they have protected yuki nagasato maybe maybe Mm -hmm. but like that's the price that they're willing to pay in order to keep certain parts of this team intact so i think that there might potentially be a name that wants, you know, like, that's the question is, is there someone within Sky Blue that maybe does not necessarily want to be at Sky Blue 100%? Why wouldn't you just or, leave her unprotected and let Louisville have her? Because what if the value is greater? So, like, what if, so that's maybe the thing, right? Like, let's, and this is not the name that I'm going to suggest. Let's say Midge Purse decides. Right. She wants to go to Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, you would not say, 
Midge person going to leave you unprotected. Right? Mm -hmm. You would say, Midge person, you're being protected, and then I'm going to use the proper amount of leverage so that way I get the maximum value out of Louisville. Like, that has to be a trade, not... Oh, that's true. It's like, I'll give you Midge purse, but I also want $50,000. Exactly, right? So, like, there is the potential of, like, a trade, but then the thing becomes of, like, why the pageantry of picking Cujo and then potentially sending her back. And again, like... There's like the ransom part of it. Right. That's, I was about to say, you know what that's normally called? That's called taking a hostage. Yeah. It's almost like collateral. It's potential. But like, that's the thing. Like, we have kind of seen that suggested as a strategy of like, you could potentially pick players that teams don't want to lose and then essentially ransom them back to those teams. Right. But if it's a handshake deal, then maybe there is something at play of like, this is just a pick so that way you don't lose someone else that you don't need to. The player goes back and then we get the rest of this trade done. Like that's mm-hmm. the only logical way that I can walk myself through it. But like mm-hmm. just based on the rumblings that I've heard, I do I like I at least want to put this out in the realm of possibility of this happening. Like this is not generally I, I much more prefer to be like this thing has happened or this thing is about to happen. Here's why. Mm-hmm. But because right at the moment Trade window is open. There's a lot of conversations happening. Some of this might happen. Some of it might not. Like that's the, you know, we saw it with the Kelly O'Hara potential move from um, Utah to Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was essentially on on the door of being done. And then it falls apart. Like that's the joy of this league of, <laughs> you know, people get spooked. Um, there are certain men in this league who don't like having their secrets on public and then, you know, like basically make things go away. Um, so I do think like, I think we need to be on the watch for sky blue to have some part of this happen after the expansion draft. That is at least going to put some greater context, but maybe that's also wishful thinking. Like maybe it really just is that this is just kind of surface level. This is how it happened. But I, I do kind of based on conversations, I do expect to see another step in right. this process. I mean, when you put it that way, I look at the sky blue protected list and think like, okay, which of these players is someone that sky blue hasn't really you know, shown is central to their to their rebuild schedule. There are some players here where it's like, oh yeah, that that's someone that they've clearly decided to integrate and make completely central to their 2021 plans. And then there's some players here who haven't really gotten time for um, Sky Blue plus, you know, would be a highly desirable target for a brand new team that wants to start scoring goals right away. And y'all can all look at the protected list for yourselves and draw your own conclusions about who on that list is so desirable that Louisville would be willing to hold Cujo as collateral in a deal. <laughs> yeah. let's, essentially. Let's, collateral is the nice word that we could use for this. Right. Yeah. Instead yeah. of Christy Kelly cutting letters out of a magazine, like if you ever want to see your midfielder again, Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's maybe move this on to is there a team that you think 
should be the most happy out of the the teams that had players picked. Like who won? Let's let's leave <laughs> let's leave Louisville out of this. Okay. Who won the night in terms of like least amount of damage? Um we might say the the spirit possibly. We might also say um Utah because they got $75,000 for a player who's never going to go back to Utah ever again. Yep. Fellow candidate. Yeah. Um I would say maybe those two, Orlando. Orlando did pretty well. Yeah. Yep. Even though they didn't have a ton on the table, what did get taken, they can easily be like, oh, yeah, we weren't <laughs> counting yeah. on that ever. So, yeah. you know, I I look at Orlando's available list and it's like, okay, there's a couple of people in here. Maybe Kanye Plummer looks uh, tempting. Kristen Edmonds. Um, Maybe Camilla or like I don't know about Sidorsky, but possibly here. So and then I'm not even mentioning Allie and Ashland because no none of us thought <laughs> Can you imagine was, talking to I Ashland mean, Harrison? I again? honestly just wanted it to happen just for the sheer chaos of what would have happened. Um I mean it would have been the dumbest possible thing. Right. That could have happened, but like sometimes the dumbest possible thing is just like pure well, delight. I mean, if we're talking about media. taking players as collateral for a future trade, I don't imagine there's not much that Ashlyn Harris wouldn't be convincing Mark Skinner <laughs> to give up. Like, Mark, if you don't get my wife back, <laughs> this is taken. I will sneak into your house, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. I also think Portland walked away like from a from a reasonable human being like I I still think the smart play from Portland is Eckerstrom and Sealer and the fact that Portland got to keep both of those like their goalkeeping pool is intact. Yeah. Like they left the night I think everybody walked into that draft thinking a goalkeeper from Portland is going. Right? Whether it's French or you get two players out of Portland. They walked out of that that draft with their entire goalkeeping pool intact, which seems wild. Yeah. I mean, Heath is a loss for the culture, but she didn't actually play that much for Portland recently. She actually like I I feel I really feel like she doesn't she hasn't had a ton of on-field minutes for them in recent memory, although as we saw on this podcast earlier, my brain's not functioning at 100% because I couldn't <laughs> add two years to her age to calculate how old she'd be in 2023. Yeah. So don't take me at yeah. my word for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like any, you know, like I think that there is a certain group of, of national team players where you are going to see more limited minutes. I mean, like, you know, Kelly O'Hara has not been able to kind of like keep herself on the field consistently in the NWSL. Tobin, um, Carly and, and Mal Pugh, right, like did not see time really this fall. Mal came back and then immediately was gone again. So there are certainly some players where like, yes, you get the name recognition, but are you getting a consistent field player as well? Well, okay. Um, I'm kind of wrong because in 2019, um, let's see, Tobin Heath, she didn't play every game, but she had like over half of them. 
and then in 2018 yeah. again. Yeah, it's, so it was really so, just like I mean, but you're still losing a player for the World Cup, right? Yeah, you know, it's still and and we we do kind of know how NWSL uh, is not necessarily at the top of the priority list in a World Cup year. So, yeah, like, <laughs> but. Uh. All right. Any any other closing thoughts? How do you feel? Are, are you, I feel like we need more time to assess Louisville in this expansion draft. Like I think an early grade for me would be in the C range. Being kind, like again, that's a. I think it's a kind one, but I think that there's still more to play. So it's kind of like a tentative. Like mm, you probably past this class mostly i'd maybe do appreciate i personally again like this is what i I was discussing last night like i feel like i have now learned that i am too risk averse to ever (laughs) like be a general manager slash try to build an expansion team because i'm looking at that list and going here's here are players that i can play with on day one slash like maybe make some moves with but not to the extent of two australians and press and heath Right. right. So I do admire swinging for the fences. Like I admire the ambition. Mm-hmm. But if the ambition doesn't play out. Right. Like, you, you it's look just, like the it's not going to get easier in this league for this team. Like you've got another expansion draft coming. Like. The thing about the future expansion drafts, though, is if they do double expansion, we've said before, you can't take four players from every team right that's just too so there has to be something else like maybe they cut it to you get one player from each team and then there's there's extra mechanisms added to fill out your rosters or like a bigger draft or yeah it's gonna get complicated i mean here so here's a little sacramento update like they are still very much in the mix for the league but i think that there is a push to have them come in later because they are not nearly as prepared as they need to be Mm. so i think that is why we have not heard the actual announcement because there is not consensus that like yes you're going to come in at the same time as la right um and the other the other big factor for them is like they're in the middle of building a stadium for entering mls and like do you want to wait even for that stadium and for the mls stuff to get ironed out like they had to push back on mls by a year so it does not make a huge amount of sense, at least in my head, for them to then be like, okay, but we're going to put an NWSL product out first in a weird, like, temporary stadium setup. Yeah. I mean, it it is nice to see them thinking ahead to the expansion draft, like, at having that level of foresight and being willing to play the game that deep. Um, I'm the same as you. I can't play a game of rosters. It's... I'm just like, but but I like her so much. No, I want to protect this one too. Can I have 12 <laughs> protected spots instead of yeah. 11? Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the gamble thing, I don't know. Like you said, trade window opens. College draft is still yet to play out. So I was also thinking like Cujo or some of the other players they took, although mo- mostly Cujo, like are they going to be like, all right, give us all – your draft spots because they were supposed to get max of 18 out of this and they picked 16 
Well, they picked no, 14. 14. They picked, they, yeah. they were going to, it was moving to 16. They picked 14. And then out of that 14, four of them don't look likely to report. So that's 10 plus the three you already have, which is yeah, technically that's not enough. Big <laughs> technically enough. <laughs> look at us doing math. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I went to an engineering school. How did I do it? Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's um yeah. So yeah. there, there's something else. It, I'll say, let's say they have 13 players, kind of really on on the roster right now. Assuming something else doesn't happen. So yeah, I am actually thinking that you're gonna wrangle maybe yourself up to 14 through trades if you can manage some kind of two for one deal. With what I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think they're looking at that college draft. They're gonna you have can't to, bank on college players being like that's the other thing. Too, yeah, it's like, also the most uncertain, weird college draft year yeah. ever. Um, because they all get that extra year of eligibility. Right. So it's like I I just don't and then maybe they have that international slot, so I would say, yeah, maybe they can bring that up to fifteen, maybe sixteen yeah. their international yeah. signings. Willing to splash out some money and convince someone to come to the plague states. <laughs> yeah, some teams, like I do get the vibe that there are some teams out there that are very confident that they can still get international players here. Like, I know, but that I'm just telling you, like, that is what I keep hearing is that there are some teams that are, you know, I mean, Portland has got some deals done, right? Like, they're Portland, though. Right? Exactly. Like, so. Portland is Portland and you can't you can't apply that but i mean there are at least a few teams that that think that they're going to be able to to add international pieces for the 2021 season so right yeah i i guess we'll wait and see this is not the first time i've been like i'm gonna judge you and then about a month later it's like oh i'm stupid <laughs> well that's the i mean that's the other joy of our jobs right is like we see surface level stuff right? right like there are a lot of phone calls happening behind the scenes right like mm -hmm. there's a lot of discussion that we don't really get to be a part of um we certainly do not have access to like how these teams scout or anything along those lines right so like there are decisions being made that we <laughs> have no visibility to right whatsoever. it's uh, the whole so, iceberg problem so. yeah yes all right. Well, let's leave it there. We can we can perhaps revisit this a month down the line when maybe some of these trades that have have been rumored um, come through. But I do I do expect we will see some player movement happening. The question is when. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my phone was very busy at one a.m. for <laughs> what. 1am was um, last night, but I, I do think that a lot of these things are not necessarily as close as some folks think. So we will see, but I do expect some national team players to move still. Like, you know, we got the big Crystal Dunn trade out of the way. I still think that there's some more in the works, but I don't know. It's going to, you know, I think everybody knew going in, like this league is going to look different for 2021. I think mm -hmm. the big thing was North Carolina is not going to look the same in 2021 and I think that has very much and out so yeah yeah 
I don't know. I will. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll we'll record in a month, and it'll start with me squeaking up to the mic in my clown shoes. <laughs> okay. I mean, if if that happens, then we're gonna put you on video, and I will like find <laughs> some clown makeup on Amazon Thanks. and send it to you, I and you can it. just. Can we yeah. at least like <laughs> turn that into a fundraiser or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm gonna sell my dignity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can pick the charity, but all right, me, yeah. I'm the charity. <laughs> okay. Yep, nailed it. All right, tell people where to find you. Uh, I'm at Thrace on Twitter, and I'm the site manager for All for Eleven on SB Nation. That's All for XI. We're very clever like that, and I also cover the national team at Stars and Stripes FC. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. Hopefully, we both get coffee now. And and honestly, like we're recording this too before Christy Holly talks to the media about the expansion draft. So I know. Clown- cannot wait to see real clown hours in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> cannot wait to see how that turns out. All right. I'm sure you will be back on the show. But thank you, as always, for joining us. Thanks, Meg. All right. Thank you to Steph for being back and closing the loop, uh, at least to some extent, on the expansion draft with me. All right. One more thing, as always, uh, please visit GA Senate. Com. All right. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the show. If you are enjoying the show and would like other people to listen to it, please share it, retweet, tell a friend. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, The Athletic itself, or wherever else you listen to your shows. And absolutely a giant thank you to everyone who has left a review and rated the show on Apple Podcasts. And listen, I, I might have sent this particular review to some folks at work uh, from Emily H., but here's her updated review of the show that definitely made me laugh. Uh, quote, but I'd also like to start a petition for Steph Young to become a full-time co-host of full-time because the dynamic is so great and entertaining. I will buy you both a sword if you make it happen. I, I'm not above this level of bribery, folks. All right. If you enjoy this podcast and do not yet subscribe to The Athletic, but would enjoy more women's soccer coverage and more sports coverage, the link to do that is theathletic.com slash full-time. You can find me on Twitter at It's Meg Linehan. Again, I, I am working the phones to try to figure out where these trades are at. And uh, if there is anything, obviously, Twitter is going to be the best spot to follow along. Um, but there is also the real-time function on our athletic app. Uh, updates will go there as well. And then anything truly, truly major, I'm sure there will be a story in the works as well. Our podcast producer is Michael Zimmerman from The Athletic. I'm Meg Linehan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.